Welcome back to the Road Tip Show with Diedrich and uh, myself. And he's going to chat a bit. Uh, we said in the previous one, we did a bit of safety on uh, tourism. When you come to South Africa and you uh, want to go through the country on your own, uh, specifically, um, ask the locals. <laughs> Diedrich, and uh, yeah, you're going to tell us about your previous trips to Kruger. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I think that last one was 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 a good one for a little bit of general general info and advice. But yeah, Kruger Park. What can I say? I'm I'm a died in the wool Kruger Park fanatic. Um, I visited a lot of parks around Southern Africa, and I, Kruger, I still think offers you probably the, some of the best value for money and ease of access that you can get in the whole of Southern Africa. I really do. The fees and stuff are not are not crazy. The accommodation is good. And so far this year, I've been, I've been, I've had three major trips to Kruger already this year. Uh, some family trips as well as, as well as with clients. Thank goodness help the client trips help pay for the family trips. So oh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yep. No, that helps. I, that definitely helps. But I mean, I visited, I visited several, several of the camps. Um, and, First, first trip we started, I stayed in three separate camps, Lataba, Mapani, and a beautiful little bush camp called uh, Shimawini. And, you know, I think this, this, this podcast can sort of go more on like kind of general impressions of, um, of Kruger. So, you know, Kruger Kruger offers all sorts of accommodation. Has got all sorts of options. Has got all sorts of um, availabilities for for budgets. And I like to stay out of the southern section of the park. The southern section of the park is probably the most wildlife rich part of the park. That's also why it's the busiest. That's why there's all the big camps and the major camps and things down that side. I prefer yeah. the peace and quiet. Um, of of the of the smaller camps, and I much prefer the peace and quiet of the northern of the central and the northern sections of Kruger. And Lataba, Lataba's always a winning camp. That's a big camp, but it's right on the Lataba River. Really like, like a little restaurant that overlooks overlooks the river. The accommodation I got for that one wasn't great. We were sort of back in the camp. The accommodation is 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 still okay. Um, that restaurant is where you saw the wildlife on the other side of the bank as well, if I remember correctly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, you've got, in all the camps, you've got, you've got a couple of options. You can ask for perimeter huts. They cost, I think, an extra 30 or 50 bucks a night or something. Uh, or you can go into, like, the general section of the camp. Yeah. And we were sort of... Unfortunately, puts on like in a kind of a little back area close to the staff village. So a little bit of noise and absolutely no view out of the accommodation. But again, you know, it's you're often not in Kruger for the view out of your, out of your hut. However, um, you do sometimes, you know, it is lucky to sit there sometimes and just, uh, sit on the veranda of your hut and, and watch stuff. So the Latawa accommodation got per- perfectly good. I love the restaurant in Latawa. And, uh, we, we, as, as a family, I think we were there with a family 
you often you know sit 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 and have a nice 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 big cooked up breakfast on the veranda and uh you're watching the animals in the river etc i mean it's a, it just stays lacquer and it was a bit of a funny one we were trying to match up with the family and we left earlier and my my son and daughter came up later in their car and they had to try and catch up with us and uh we came in through Open Gate. That's that's probably my favorite access route into Kruger. We were chatting about access into Kruger on the last podcast. Open yeah. makes the most sense to me coming out of Johannesburg. It's a slightly longer drive than down south, but you're hitting the middle area. There's no drama on that road. It's a beautiful road up up through um you know, you go up through through Leidenberg, you go over the through the tunnel, over the odd that that uh, the, the tunnel there just other side of Urukstadt. And you're the the valley of the Olifants River, and you come in just south of Hoodsprite. And going at Open, we'd already stayed a night in the in in the park. My son and daughter came and joined us later. Joined up at the Timbervati picnic site. So we we left early in the morning, cook up a nice breakfast there, get the scottle out, bacon and eggs, and the whole the whole kadunta. They joined us, came in like as well, and that just works. And then Lataba, Lataba's obviously got the Elephant Museum that is still going strong. Every single time I go there, I still walk through that Elephant Museum and look at those tuskers and uh, just just sit back and just admire those animals. We also stayed in Mapani. Mapani Mapani is always always an interesting camp. It's one of the newer camps. It's very much more... um, Bushified, if that makes sense. You know, Lataba and the older camps, uh, the huts are all in circles. And when you sit at the veranda, you're looking at the other huts on the other side of the circle, and it's like grass, and they kept some of the big trees. Mapani, Mapani, they've they've kept all the all the indigenous vegetation as natural as possible. It's as natural as possible. You know, so in Mapani, um, we had the honey badgers come visiting us at night. You have breakfast. The birds come and perch in the trees that are right off the veranda. You know, the squirrels all over the place. And again, I think we were in Mapani. I think that the, 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 the Springboks were playing that day. I can't remember who we were playing, but the Springboks were playing and you go to the little puppy restaurant spot and they all, they all sorted out. Then it's kind of, kind of interesting to sit there watching the Springboks playing on the TV set and you look out the window and there's elephants in the water hole. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, think, like- I think, I think their pub did a roaring trade that day, boy. That place was packed. Everybody was. So I think I must tag along next time. <laughs> <laughs> but then we also stayed in a little camp called Shimawini, and that's also kind of up north of the Palabora area. And that's one of these beautiful little camps. It's what they call a bush camp, and there's no there's no facilities in it. There's no restaurant. There's no petrol station. There's no shop. All you got, I think, I think there's twelve huts in it. There's a swimming pool, there's a really lucky little swimming pool up the back. And you you look out over the river. And I mean that this is one of the kind of spots that you stay for the view. There's one little access road in and out. And on a previous visit of Shimawini, they got a little bird hide down the side. Some of the family decided to go on game drive. My wife and daughter stayed in the bird hide, or my wife stayed in the bird hide, and I can't remember exactly what it was. The leopard walked straight across the front of the bird hide. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so 
you know, those, those little, those little camps for me are sort of the essence of Kruger. When the gate closes, there's no noise. All you hear is the people having a bit of a braai and carrying on and, you know, just, 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 just chilling. Yeah. So Shemuini is, um, sort of, you, if you go up, if you come in the Palabora gate, Palabora gate, just out of, just out, just inside the gate, you've got a tar road that turns off left. If you keep straight, you go straight into, um, Lataba camp, but the other tar road will take you up to Mapani. If you swing up that road, Shimawini is just off on the side of that one. So it's in, it's kind of in the Mapani areas, but the game viewing and stuff in there is absolutely spectacular. You ride on the water, you ride on the river. There's always baboons there. There's always crocodiles. Last time we saw a baboon trying to catch a, uh, rather a crocodile trying to catch a baboon out of the water. So it's a really, really, really nice camp. And I, I always, I always love that one. The other interesting spot we stayed in is a camp called Roerdeval. Now, Roerdeval is a very, very different camp. Because that's, that's what they call a, um, a bush lodge. Okay. Now, Roerdeval, What's the difference? The difference is that Roerdeval you have to take as a, as a single booking. Oh, okay. So you take the whole camp. And Ruraval is in one of the, what I consider to be one of the best game roads in Kruger. It's a road, it's a dirt road called the Timbavati Road. And the oh, Timbavati yeah. Road is just inside Open Gate. If you come in Open, I don't know, it's probably about 10Ks or 12Ks inside Open Gate. You can swing up left up the Timbavati Road and it, it follows the Timbavati River almost up to the confluence there. Um, just south of the bridge over the Olifants River. And I've always had the most amazing, most amazing game viewing on on that on that particular road. And yeah. the Bush Lodge is on that road. So you got a little you got a small little access road, it's like a kilometer or two kilometers off the main road, and you take the whole camp. And the camp sleeps, I think it sleeps eighteen people in total, or nineteen people. So you got four, you got four separate accommodation units. Each one's got like two bedrooms on it, and there's a there's like a sleeper couchy thing in the one, and the one's got like three beds. Or four beds. Each unit's got like a little mini kitchen in it. You've got a a general eating area. You've got a general cooking area. But I mean, there's fridges in there. The staff is there to help you. You got a fridges. You got freezers. But it's your camp. And uh, we we used this as a family for a birthday celebration. My brother managed to hook this camp as a booking for us, and he invited some of his buddies and the bit of the and, the and the family. But what an amazing experience to sit there in like your own little private resort in Kruger. And there's a lovely viewing deck out on the Timavati River. And the one night my son was sitting there. And next thing he comes and calls us, and there's a leopard walking with a cub in the torchlight across oh, wow. across the Timavati River. Yeah, you know, we saw wild dogs. Some of the folks in the group saw wild dogs initiate a hunt against it uh, for some impala just outside the camp, a little waterhole just outside the camp. You know, so just as a as an experience, if you ever get to get that kind of chance. 
to visit Kruger, get one of those bush camps, get one of these private lodges. If you've got a group of people, I mean, you got to, you got to seriously book way in advance to find these, find these spots. But what an amazing experience. And it's just the quiet and you walk around at night and there's just no noise. There's no cars. The stars are out. The bush babies are going. You can hear the fruit bats carrying on. You hear the lions and the hyenas. You hear the leopard in the bush. You know, just absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible experience. The downside is, of course, there's no 220 volts and you can't charge stuff and there's no cell phones and all the rest of it. I don't know if that's a downside or a good side. Yeah, I think that would be a good side, actually. I think, I think it is. Get a away good. from all that. <laughs> you get away from all of that. So, I mean, that the, the family really, really enjoyed um, the stay there. It was, it was an absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing stay. Yeah, then I had I had clients coming in for a little for a for a short tour. There's a family of four um, that arrived at Oatambo. So that was a also very very like a tour with pick up at Oatambo. We shoot off. We did the panorama route that day, and so you know, so you drive up through through Leidenberg over Waterstadt, and you, you or not no Leidenberg over Sabi. And you go and do three rondavels and birds like potholes and Blight River Canyon. And from there, you go through the straight on tunnel, Willy Funds River. And we overnighted in Hoodsprout. Oh, yeah. And as I mentioned, I think in the previous podcast, Hoodsprout is really starting to boom. It's the town, the town is growing. Um, there's, there's literally, there's two separate shopping malls now. So you've got decent, you've got decent supermarkets. You've got enough fuel. There's a couple of fuel stations. There's pharmacies. There's little four by four shops. There's camping shops. All of that kind of stuff is there. Yeah. And, uh, at the airport, there's a restaurant there, right? Oh, at the airport, the airport is a tiny little airport. I mean, you can, you can get a reasonable cup of coffee at the airport if you, if we, if you go to the airport. Cause I, I met a guy that's got a restaurant there. Yeah, no, it is. It's like a little coffee shop thing in the in the in in the airport. Yeah, I think the exactly. airport. The airport, I think, is at this stage only gets two, maybe three flights a day, Joburg and Cape Town. But you know, so we we get into Hoodsprite, we and uh, there's there's literally there's all sorts of accommodation options in Hoodsprite. They're busy building a huge hotel. It looks probably like about a hundred room hotel as you come in on the main. Main drag out from the south into Hoodsprite. That's going to be a fantastic thing to have a decent sized hotel there because that'll be able to swallow a group or a coach tour or whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, on a previous trip, I stayed there in a very fancy little spot that's got, that's renovated or reused two old aeroplanes. And they've actually turned oh. these aeroplanes into accommodation units. Oh, that's awesome. And that's very clever. Up the stairs and you, you know, they've obviously gutted the plane. And now, yeah. like an old seven three seven or something, I think is now four bedrooms or five bedrooms. So you actually go into the fuselage of the plane, and there's your bedroom. You got a little bathroom. I mean, the, the rooms are small. Okay, you re- you haven't got yeah. space to unpack suitcases and stuff. But it's just a really cool stay. You have got an aircon unit in there. Your bathroom is, is is sufficient. I wouldn't want to spend a week in it. But as yeah. a, but I mean, you sit there, sort of slightly raised up. The wing you can walk on the wing, and then they built a like a, a veranda thingy around outside. You sit on that veranda, you've got a view out over the Drakensberg, which is absolutely spectacular. All the birds are there. It's just, it was just a cool, it was a cool state. Yeah. 
But like I said, but with these clients, I stayed in one of the one of the bed and breakfast spots there. Absolutely fantastic restaurant. We went out to a restaurant that night for dinner, and my client said it's probably one of the best steaks he's ever eaten anywhere in the world. <laughs> nice. Yeah, fantastic. And I mean, there's, there's all sorts of all the game meat on the menu. There's vegetarian stuff on the menu. Really, really nice. I mean, it's, it's a spectacular restaurant that we went to. And then obviously next next morning, going to town, do some shopping, stock up for the next couple of days, and into Kruger with them. And the first night, I managed to get the accommodation in Uli Fans. Now, Uli Fans is a fantastic camp if you get the right accommodation. Because uh, it's perched right on top of the hill on the Olifants River, and you know if you if you on the edge you've got the spectacular view because you I don't know probably about a hundred meters up over the, looking out over the river, and it's just great to sit on the verandas and look at the animals. So the, the 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 animals literally come to you, and I managed to hook one of the guest houses in the camp. Now a guest house, all the camps have got a guest house. And the guest house is a building where you've probably got four bedrooms, if not maybe even five bedrooms, each with their own bathroom. But you've got a dining room, you've got a sitting room, you've got your own veranda, you've got your own deck, your own braai area, and you're sort of separate from the rest of the rest of the camp. Yeah. So we hooked, I managed to, to hook this in Willy Funzo. And what a spectacular stay. Braai that night. And you light the fire, you're sitting there, you've got the sunset over the Olifants River down on the one side, you're watching the sunset, the animals are in the riverbed, and just absolutely spectacular. Olifants is not my favorite camp if you're in one of the units sort of back from the view, because then you're in a row and you're staring at the back end of the hut in front of you. That's not for me yeah. what Kruger's about. But I, like I said, I managed to hook, the, hook that um, that accommodation for the one night, and it was absolutely spectacular. The next morning, the folks didn't even want to go for a game drive. We sat and had breakfast on the deck as well. And we only took up at 10 o'clock. It was just so nice. It was just so nice yeah. to sit there. And you got, I mean, I do, I do the catering on, I do most of the catering on these trips. And you're just sitting on the veranda and you got bacon and eggs and yogurts and fruit. We bought fruit in, in, um, in Hoodsprite. That was amazing. Go to the local greengrocer. And I mean, we just literally almost didn't have space in the car to fit all the fruit that we bought. I mean, you're right there. All the papayas and things that you want are right there. So absolutely magnificent stay in Olifants. Then we had two nights in uh, in Lataba. And again, Lataba, this time I managed to get what they call the perimeter units. And then then it's beautiful. Then you're sitting there and you actually got a view out over the river from your from your accommodation. And again, the clients, clients were from the UK. They were absolutely blown away. They did, they did a the sunset drive. They did a night drive. They got, I think on the one drive, they got two leopards on one drive. They got civet. They got genet. They even saw serval. I've seen serval, I think, twice ever in my life in Kruger. They saw serval on, on one of the afternoon drives out of Lataba. Okay. You know, and I mean, elephants and buffalo. I mean, that you don't even have to mention those because those are just there in absolute droves. All over the place. And the last night we spent in Satara. Satara is kind of a flat, featureless camp. It has its appeal. I, I like Satara, you know, where I don't like to stay in those, what they call like the circles in places like Skakuza or Skakuza is a terrible example. Skakuza has got just rows and rows and rows of huts. But a lot of the camps have got like a circle of huts that like all face each other. 
Latav yeah. as well. And in Satara, somehow I don't mind those circles. Those circles are actually quite pleasant. So it's, it's just a different atmosphere in Satara. It's a big camp that we had a couple of huts in Satara. The restaurant in Satara right now is spectacular. Again, steaks and, and, and stuff there is absolutely beautiful. They've extended, they've extended the deck. They've made it into a proper, proper decent sized restaurant. You don't have to wait hours for your chow anymore. So Satara, I can recommend Satara as a big camp. I'd rather go to Satara than Skakuz or any one of the southern camps. And again, fantastic game viewing. I mean, you're in the you're in the flat savanna areas there in Kruger when you're in Satara. And I mean, we had a really strange or quite an interesting bit of viewing in Satara and I was there on the previous on a previous trip. We saw saw an African python actually staying in, in, in one of the trees just outside Satara. That's a very rare sighting. And uh, we, we watched the group of ground hornbills. And the hornbills actually took a little owl. It looked like a little pearl-spotted owl. A little pearl-spotted owl was sitting in a low, in a very low, short little shrub thing. And the hornbills <laughs> grabbed this thing. Oh. And they sat and they murdered this owl on the side of the road. Pick this thing to death. I mean, the, the ground hornbill's got a bill, a beak like a pickaxe, <laughs> and and they clobbered this poor little owl to death. It was amazing, very very strange sighting. I think it was a little pearl spotted owl that they that they picked up. Yeah, so the game viewing around Satara is again absolutely spectacular. Yeah, so we had the one night there in Satara. The huts had just been redone in Satara. The ones we stayed in, very very nicely done. Little privacy screens that you're not sitting right on top of your next-door neighbor anymore, the little privacy screen around your bry area. They've installed decent lights on the outside, so when you like, you know, you can sit outside and you're on your veranda and you're not staring into the next-door neighbor. You've got decent light there on your bry, and the air cons are the air cons are on lacquer. There's decent curtains and nice new furniture. Yeah, they've, done, they've done a really, really nice job. You know, and I think I did a, I did a trip much, I think towards the end of last year, I think it was, or very early this year, maybe, maybe this is my fourth or fifth trip to Kruger. I can't remember, but <laughs> I was, I muttered about some of the accommodation, like having the cupboards were, you know, the hinges on the cupboards in the kitchen had given up and you, you know, you open the door and the door falls off the hinges and stuff. But Kruger got a massive budget a little while ago for revamping the accommodation. Yeah, Kruger Kruger generates money for the entire national parks in South Africa. They're one of the main earners of income for the whole National Parks Board. And obviously lockdown, they went into mothballs for almost two years. Yeah. A lot of stuff obviously got a little bit old and decrepit and rotten and fraught and broken, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I take my hat off to the Parks Board on this one. They definitely revamping. They are sorting there's a lot of activity in the camps. You can see the guys are busy with a lot of renewals and refurbishments. And, you know, and to, you know, you, you occasionally see people and moan and bitch that this is happening and that's happening. And, 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 but you got to understand these guys. I mean, there's a couple of hundred accommodation units in the camp. Yeah. A curtain rail is going to come off. You know, there's going to be a curtain hook. That yeah. work. There's going to be, I mean, I had issues with an aircon the one night. So I can't remember where it was. Not even 20 minutes. The guys are there, come in, fix it, play with it. I don't know, regas, whatever it was, aircon worked again. You know, so I take my hat off to the parks board right now. They're really doing a good job. They're revamping a lot of the stuff. 
They put in new beds in, new mattresses, new soft furnishings. The bathrooms are getting done. And yeah. it's working. It's really, really no, no, I think it's, it's about time, eh? It's been a while. No, it is. It is. But again, you know, they, they've had to generate the money to do this kind of stuff. I mean, you want to you want to renovate 150 chalets or something. You yeah. know, that's not a cheap exercise. You know, that's that's that that's not um, replacing the curtains in your house. Yeah. Uh, and you want to you want to do a hundred kitchens, or you want to buy like two hundred kettles, or or you know sets of cutlery and plates and stuff for for sorting the stuff out. You know, you're talking huge huge capital outlay for this stuff. Yeah, just the uh, mattresses. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And I must admit, the last the last the last two times, like I said, we've done Rudaval. Ulifans, Latava, Satara, Shimawini, Mapani. Um, I've been impressed. I've been really impressed with the standard of accommodation. I've been really impressed with the restaurants. The restaurants are getting a good revamp. A couple of the old franchises that made a muck of it are, are being kicked out. Some good restaurant franchises are coming in. And, you know, they've got, they've got decent food. They've got good chefs in there. They've got good service happening. So it's really it's really picking up. And like I said, I'm a big fan of Kruger, but I think they're definitely upping their game to yeah. meet the expectations and to meet um, the international market. They're really doing a good job. And, you know, the roads are maintained. The stuff, no, it's, it's going well. I'm, I'm more than happy. I'm back in Kruger again in a couple of weeks' time. I've got another family of three coming out from the UK in about two weeks' time or three weeks' time. And there I've got I've got uh, Tambuti, I've got a Tambuti tent camp, I've got Talamati bush camp, and I think I've got a night or two in Olifants. I can't remember the exact itinerary. But uh, again, it's that central, it's that central area again, and we're using Hoodsprite as a drop-off point. So with this last family, we come out of um we came out of Satara, bang, next morning into Hoodsprite, Hoodsprite Airport. That road is terrible. That's more pothole than road. But uh, <laughs> uh, drop off, drop off at the airport. Ten o'clock flight or eleven o'clock flight to Cape Town. Two hours fifteen or two hours twenty or something to Cape Town. One of the small regional airlines, and off they went. So you know, Hoodsprite is definitely coming to the party, and I think Hoodsprite's going to start taking over as a nice central kickoff spot for Kruger. And, yeah, you know, and especially in light of the Germans and all the rest of it that happened down at Numbi and that southern section. The southern section is super busy. There's always traffic jams and the camps are big. They need to put more roads in the southern side of the park, you know, to dilute the traffic. You can't dilute the yeah. camps. The camps are there. The accommodations there. Those people numbers are there. You know, the the lodges and outside the park are concentrated on that Kruger in, in, in that southern section. So you're not going to get rid of the people. So the traffic is there and the people are there. So the only answer in the southern side of the park is going to be to put more roads in. Because then you're diluting the vehicle traffic and you're giving the vehicle traffic more place to go. Yes. But uh, I'm not I'm not seeing anything like that from, from the parks board at this point in time. So <clears throat> my, my choice right now is go central section. And then that gets too busy, I'll go far north. <laughs> I think by the time tourism catches up, I'll be long retired, and then it's someone else's problem to find the right spots in Kruger. But uh, yeah. you know, again, and I go back to the German tourist issue. I think you know, if you're coming in from 
outside of South Africa, get some get some local advice for your trip to Kruger, especially if you're going to do a self-drive. I don't recommend a self-driving Kruger. You miss so much. You miss the birds. You miss the smaller animals. You miss the insights. You miss the experience of guys knowing where the game is. You know, it's not just drive around and spot. The game is in certain areas. Animals prefer certain stuff. Yeah. And going with a decent, a, a good guide. There's plenty of good companies out there that run the open vehicles. There's good yeah. tour operators with really good nature guides that can get you into Kruger. Again, do some shopping. Ask for recommendations. Not everyone's a good Kruger guide. There's a lot of nonsense out there and people who talk the biggest load of rubbish. Uh <laughs> As well, no horrendous, horrendous stuff that you hear out there somewhere. Are you serious? Um, no, 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 genuine. And most most of them are are the foreign language guides who somehow get a South African qualification, and then take like the Chinese speaking groups and stuff. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of people like that. RTLs, you know, some of the 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 rarer languages, as it were. And yeah. they do a, do a two or three week course and they get a tour guide badge and now they start taking people around the country and it's horrendous. And especially yeah. now post COVID, a lot of the old guys and the older experienced guys had to go and find other work. Yeah. And work. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see a client for two and a half years. Luckily I had some savings and I wanted two other little businesses that kind of kept me going, scratching through. Yeah. But the older that, that, you know, that experienced group of guides are findable. They there, they are, they are around. But my advice would be seriously, if you're gonna come in South Africa, shop around, find one or two of these good guys to take you, and your experience is going to be multiplied a hundred times. Yeah. As as opposed to doing a quick self drive or finding some muku to drive you around around in there. You know, I mean <laughs> I haven't had that expression for a while. <laughs> No, I mean, you, again, I won't, I'm not going to mention, mention, mention anything for Kruger, but I mean, I, I've stood on, on, on Cape Point before. And Cape Point always advertises themselves as, oh, the two oceans, two oceans, two oceans. It's a load of cuck. You know, you know, the southernmost point to Africa, Gullis is sort of the, the, the man-made point between the Indian and, and, and the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And I mean, the currents sweep up and down the coastline. I mean, by hundreds of miles. Okay. There's no, there's no point. There's no fixed point. Yeah. Just off Cape Point, there's a couple of rocks just under the surface and you, and there's always some foam and waves crashing over this thing. And I've heard guys saying, look, there you can see the two oceans crashing against each other. <laughs> I promise you. They and people believe it. Oh, yeah, two oceans. Yes, no, this is where the two oceans meet. Look, you can see the currents crashing against each other, causing waves. And you just turn around, shake your head, and walk away. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's qualified guides that actually do that kind of stuff. But anyway, not 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 my not my circus, not my monkeys. Well, not my monkeys, not my circus. I'll stick to my monkeys in Kruger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, quickly tell the listeners again about your app. Uh, if they haven't heard about it yet, uh, let's just uh, throw that in the mix again. Yeah, no, this this whole podcast series was um, inspired by a mobile app that I'm 
busy with. I don't think I'll ever be not, I'll ever be finished with it. It's a mobile app called Road Trip SA. And it's an app right now. We've got 3,200 or 3,300 and something points of interest on it myself and a candidate doing the PhD in history at the University of the North, a guy by the name of Emil Kutsia. I've put this thing together and it's a, just a huge database of monuments, statues, memorials, points of interest, um, anything to do with tourism. When you're in an area, you log on all the statues, all the points of interest, all the interesting bits and pieces of the country are indicated on it. We're doing a lot of work and at the moment we've just done recategorized a whole lot of the the entries because a lot of stuff were just getting lost in categories that were just too big. So we're slowly breaking it up into more and more and more manageable um, yeah, categories. Um, an interesting development on it. We digitized a couple of books now onto onto oh, yeah, the, that's right. the 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 the, the border wall, the Angolan border wall now, or Bush War is on it. We've digitized um all the blockhouses from the Anglo Boer War, Second South African War. We've got all the blockhouses now on the app. Um, we've digitized two books that uh, are written about the Eastern Cape area. The Eastern Cape is an absolute treasure trove of spots and places and historical sites and things to go and see. You know, so all of those kind of spots. I mean, we've got First Anglo Boer War, Second Anglo Boer War. We found another yeah. language monument. We found another language monument. We are up, up to 14 language monuments now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, wow. found a, we found another one in Ribia Castile. Oh. In Ribia Castile in the Cape, we found another language monument that takes us up to 14 now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so things about the Great Trek, about the Anglo-Zulu War. We've got museums. We've got, what, 363 museums on this app to show you where the museums are. So you're not just stuck to the main big ones that everybody knows about. There's so yeah. many beautiful little museums around. We've got, you know, we're trying to rebuild the handcraft, the roadside handcraft, but that's taking us a lot of time because a lot of those, those spots are still dead. You know, the guy yeah. on the side of the road selling hand hand carvings and stuff. A lot of that that just disappeared. So we kind of yeah. holding off on that a little bit. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just a, it's, the category of things to see is 1,132. So we're still trying to break that category down into smaller, more manageable things. We've also yeah. started on town histories, you know, just give a general history of the little town that you that that you're looking at liberation sites or the struggle sites we've got uh you know all sorts of yeah. things oh, and, the, and the, yeah so like i said the, the app was inspired by driving through these little towns and you see some guy on a horse or you see a little statue or something you go what who is that who is this who's this guy <laughs> invariably you can't find it and yeah. that's where what it was inspired by. So when you go through a little town, there's a guy on a horse or a memorial or a statue or a, a little crossy thing in the middle of the church square. There's always a church square in the foot trick street. Yeah, that's yeah. changing now. It's now now to the, the foot trick streets becoming Mandela Avenue. But or church streets. There's yeah, always a church as well. Yeah. 
And there's invariably a statue or something there. And this app gives you that info, tells you who this guy is, what it was. You know, there's a little, there's a five, five or six or 10 line description of who or what this character is and why he's, why he's sitting now in this particular spot. Yeah. And you know what we must do as well? Mm-hmm. We must get those guys that wrote those books and get them onto the show and uh, talk a little with them about the books. I'll, and... I'll do this. I'll, I'll invite them. I'll invite them. Yeah. They, they're interesting. They're very interesting people. And obviously they're experts on their fields. So yeah. There's a, there's a lot of interesting stories on how, on how these guys do it and what they found. And there's obviously a lot more background to, um, to, to what, what's on the app. But yeah, yeah. So the, and, and it's picking up the down, the downloads are coming. The downloads are coming on it. And as soon as we generate enough money on this thing, we'll actually have it rebuilt and we'll put some proper navigation stuff onto it. We'll make a little bookmark thing. So you, if you find something interesting, you can bookmark it. And then, you know, next time you yeah. drive on some road or something, oh no, I remember finding that on the app. Let me go and see this little spot and it'll take you there. But, uh, I think that's still going to be a little while before that happens, but it's, it's picking up. It's picking up nicely. The downloads are coming. So if you, yeah. if you are coming to visit South Africa, so I think it's definitely worth downloading the app. I think it costs at the moment, the current exchange rate is $3.99 as yeah. a, a one-source payment. And especially for Kruger Park, I paid a lot of attention to the Kruger Park on the app. And every historical site, all the visitor facilities, all the camps, all the phone numbers, all the activities are available. And uh I've used my experience a lot of the on, on Kruger to put through little lists of essential things to do in in a particular camp. Yeah. So if there's a nice walk or something around the perimeter of the camp, I'll tell you, use use that camp and go and do that particular um walk Oops. along the fence line or this camp is known for just down the road they spotted this particular bird or whatever. You know, so there's a lot, a lot of good, good info on this one. I mean, yeah, I've just called up, I've just called up, um, Olifant's camps. You know, yeah, you know, scenically the most dramatic camp in the park. You have to sit yeah. and have a meal or drink on the deck. Huts one to nine have the views, but you need to book 12 months in advance. The guest houses are spectacular. That's exactly the one we spoke about. <clears throat> you know, so that kind of info. Is um is all on it, and like I say here, yeah, you know, search search the riparian trees on the Olifants River near Baluli for Pell's fishing owl. It's one of the few spots in Kruger where you can see Pell's fishing owl. Yeah. So that info is all all available on the road trip app. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so what do we? Gonna do for the next one? Are we gonna do the N ten? Was it? Let's 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 do the N ten, the forgotten N ten. I don't know. (laughs) Ten, really embarrassing. We can't count to ten. We count from one to nine and then eleven, and uh, we missed our ten. I'm not sure how that happened. (laughs) Yeah, getting a bit over eager on it, but fantastic. Guys, any questions you got on Kruger? Please feel free to email me. Get hold of my safari company, Touch Africa Safaris. Um. And I'm happy to give out advice and do bookings and help you out to make your visit to Kruger a decent, proper, memorable one. Awesome. Hundreds. Chat to you later, dear Welt. All righty. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.